0: So, this morning I have a title for this message and it is Givers and Takers. Us. Givers us and Takers. And I actually want to ask you a very uncomfortable question as I'm starting straight out and say, hey, I want you to make a mental list, a mental list of everything. The last week, I say last month, let's extend it, it's school vacation and we're at 4th of July and stuff like that. The last month, think of everything that you've given and everything that you've taken. I want to ask you, um, we have material things and we have non-material things, so I think material things you can decide. I don't know, maybe you had three lawnmowers and someone else needed one and you're like, hey and you heard they needed one, you didn't want to give it, and whatever, you decide. Material things are personal, I guess, and you can figure it out. But there's also things like non-material things, like... Encouragement. Encouragement. Come on, reader. look at you, straight up. People might have needed some care, right? They needed a little bit of you time, I guess, right? Because sometimes if we talk about giving... Uh, like we just heard, it's, it's always this idea that it's only financial or it's only money. Yes, it is also that, and we should give. Give to whatever the Lord puts on your heart. Give to ministry, to people. That's good. But it's, I don't want you to, to focus solely on giving on finances. I just talk a little bit about us, right, um, our, ourselves, material, non-material things. Like sometimes we need a little bit of volunteering somewhere, right? Sometimes we just need a bit of a smile, you know, when somebody, you know, a smile can light up someone's day if they, if they have a down day. Sometimes people just need a little bit of emotional support, right? Comforting words, like reader said and encouragement. Sometimes they just need a cooked meal because something, they need coffee. I don't know. How did you give and what did you take in the last month? We're trying to keep it very specific here so you can kind of just, mental note, don't have to share, it, don't have to say, just think about it. Process it as I'm speaking. You can kind of fill in the gaps. You get the idea? Good. And then I have another question for you, um, and you can decide which way the balance tilts as we talk, right? It's really up to you. Uh, I have another question. How did you pray? I know we pray for Christians. As Christians, we pray all our lives. We pray, we pray, we pray. But for the last month, let's think about how we pray. Did you, we all, we're always in need of God needing to bless us, bless our plans, bless everything that we do, Lord, bless, bless, bless. But how did you pray? Did you pray for someone else? Did you ask the Lord sometimes to heal someone else? We know we all need healing and we need to pray if we don't feel well. But sometimes the Lord wakes you up and says, just pray for someone else. How did you pray for someone else? You pray for someone else's uh, safe traveling mercies. Maybe they went on vacation and you feel a little irk about it. And Lord, I won't pray for them to have a good trip. Did you pray? You know. And then I want to ask you, as you make this mental list in your head, if you prayed for them, if God should answer all your prayers today, Everything you prayed for for the last month, say. Will it only bless and change you or will it bless and change the world around you? Are you a giver or are you a taker? All right? I like to say this, that I, speak, I spoke about this a while ago, that in Genesis 1 from verse 26 to 23, we learn that God appoints the human being as his representatives here on earth. Right. Co-rulers. He says to us, go out and rule the world with me and and do all this amazing stuff. He says, go cultivate the land and we can make amazing things, build stuff, make coffee, (laughs) um, make stuff, create, have families, cultivate, go out, rule with me. Right. Be my image bearers. Right. And one of the things and the image bearing uh, God's image consists of male and female out there and in unity ruling all of God's creation. And I think this is really a bold vision of human identity and responsibility. Now, God being this good God that we know the Bible says He is, and God being this giving God, we know that He gave His Son to die for us so that we can have a relationship with the Father again. This good God, if we have to imitate the goodness and the giving, we should also imitate how He gives. He gives everything that He gave His Son, right? Are we give us or are we take us? I have this illustration I wanna make right in the beginning and I need a volunteer. I think today I'm gonna to call, Tian, are you shy? No. Okay, I was just asking. I wanted you to decide whether you wanna come, but I'm gonna invite you. Are you shy? No, you're not. You can come, okay. I wanna make this illustration and I think this is a common approach to how we view not just giving finances, Giving us as being givers, imitating God as givers. So I have with me $100 right here. All right. I made five $20 mm-hmm. notes. Is that the right math, TM? Um, so it's, it's summertime. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Stretches. Right. So this is $100. So sometimes this is a common approach how we see giving or being a giver. Our self worth is say, you fill in the gap, you can kind of decide. Hundred dollars. This is my self worth right now. All right. So I'm gonna give Tian twenty dollars. Don't take my money. To it. I give her twenty dollars, and our understanding is that I am now my self worth as Christian I have as reduced from hundred to eighty, because I've given that away and I lost that value. So if I spend too much time with someone in need, or I encourage, or I give time, or I I take time away from me who could have done my plants and have coffee with myself and do and watch my TV show. I gave away, so I'm losing time or whatever the case might be. Our understanding is that we see that our self-worth reduced by the amount or whatever it is that or that act that we give away, right? But if I take it, give it back, thank you, <laughs> and I put it in the bank, or I buy myself an asset with it or something that I want, I see it as an investment because I still benefit from it, right? So I see it like that. Where is in Luke 6, Jesus teaches this, and I'm going to paraphrase because I'm not going to read the whole, whole scripture for, for, for this part. He talks about an upside-down kingdom, and he, he, he teaches that the kingdom of God really is opposed to any worldly system of thinking or even the governments or how they do things. And he teaches that to win... We have to lose. Uh, he teaches that if you have to live, you have to die. That's all the stuff that he's teaching. And he says that if you want to gain, you must give. So if we give to the kingdom of God, we, uh, if we give to whatever, and I want to say this, pray about how you spend your time, how you give. It's not just because a lot of takers will come and they'll come take from you. <laughs> so pray and for the Lord to give insight and wisdom how you do this. But when you do it, you are investing in the kingdom of God. So when we give with this mentality of me losing and myself with being reduced, this is what happens. We develop what is called a scarcity mentality, right? It it, it becomes this way that the God who created a world full of abundance, suddenly we don't agree that that is the case. So we develop this thing called a scarcity mentality. And now we want to start giving out of either obligation. We want to give out of guilt. Sometimes we want to start giving out of, hey, recognition. Just make sure we tick those boxes so that we know where do we fit in to make sure. Look at me, right? I do my part. You know what I'm talking about. I'm just yeah. going to make sure Stephen sure. uh, stepping on toes here. So uh, that, that is the approach, whereas we also extend this equation to non-material things like I spoke earlier about, like when God asks you to to go out and pray with someone and give a little of your time. Oh, wait, hospitality. Uh, We were invited yesterday to come and hang out with with, with the family in the church, and I don't know if they want to. They can wave if they want to be mentioned. But it was really nice just to be invited over, and people were just there to kind of like feed you and hang out with you. All those type of things, we we feel that we lose out, and that equation extends even to non-material things like that. Can I get my money back? Okay, I'll give you the 20, you can go sit. You can have the $20, okay, she doesn't want to do ask you. Okay, now I'll come give it to you. She did the work, <laughs> I'll keep it, we'll talk. Um, I, wanna, I wanna transition and, and, and share this, that that scarcity mentality that I was trying to illustrate there, I hope it made sense. Transition from that whole idea of a scarcity mentality into a taker mentality. Because now you start rewarding and you start keeping, and not when God says Richard spoke about hearing the word of God, when God asks, it's all about obedience and it's all about giving your life and imitating Christ. That's the type of giver you want to be, right? Not just take, take, take and make sure that you are okay. Psalm 104. Okay, I'm going to read a few of those verses just to show you how God created this world full of abundance. I'm looking at, I think this is the NIV. Um, I read from verse 10, Psalm 104, verse 10 to 24. I'm just going to read a few things. This is how God created the world, right? He sends the, the springs into the valleys, they flow among the hills, they give drink to every beast of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. There's wild donkeys out there. Uh, By them, the birds of the heaven have their own home. They sing among the branches. He waters the hills from upper chambers. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of your works. He causes the grass to grow for the cattle and vegetation for the service of man. That he may bring forth food from the earth. Those guys who like to do those gardens and plant. And wine that makes glad the heart. Oil to make your face shine. And bread which strengthens the heart of man. Or each heart. The trees of the Lord are full of the cedars of Lamanon which he planted. Where the birds make their nest, the stork has her home in the trees. And the high hills are for the wild goats. Really? High hills for wild goats? Have you ever seen that? The cliffs are a refuge for the rock badges. He appoints the moon for seasons, and the sun knows it's going down. God is amazing. You make darkness, and it is night, in which all beasts of the forest creeps out. We went camping years ago in Africa. You go up in a mountain. You go sleep up there with a sleeping bag, thinking it's all cool. You'll see these little eyes looking at you. God said it will happen. The young lions roar after their prey and they seek their food from God. You see that in Africa as well. And when the sun rises, they gather together and lie down in their dens, and gone they go, right? But then man goes out to his work and to his labor until the evening. Isn't that what we do? God has orchestrated this all. Oh Lord, how manifold are your works! In wisdom you have made them all, and the earth is full of your possessions. I'm reading this. To, to remind us that God has made the earth with abundance of everything, and there's a lot for everybody. And he's done this because that is his order. This is how God does it, right? And um, when I'm thinking of, of abundance, this one commentator that I listened to um, a while ago made this comment where he says that it's almost like when we look at how God made provision for everyone and everything, it's like he created this massive party, this event, right? Ever been to a party or an event where there's just enough of everything and abundance of stuff? And I got reminded years ago, we got invited to do this event. we play at this event in Berlin. And I've done many events, and this was a corporate. But the client, when our manager called us up, he says, hey, so these guys mean business. They want one hour for us to play, and uh, they're paying for everything. It's four days. You're going to Berlin? And we're like, Yes. So we got to the airport, he comes up to us, our manager, he says to the guys, hey, this is your pocket money. And I'm looking at like a stack of euros I said, no, that's just for spending. I'm like, these guys are serious. I got to the airport on the other side, we landed, and this entire airport, well, not the entire, but most part of it, and the city of Berlin taken over by this brand. I don't want to really give them free advertising. They have a lot of money. Uh, but the entire city, just billboards and digital stuff all over. Taxis had their logo on. They really spend a lot of money. And all I keep thinking, where do they get this money? They, this, these guys, are they've got a lot. And then I got to the hotel. And you know, when you're on tour, you, you kind of share, kind of cut the, the dollar. You need to make sure you, you spend well. I got my own room, right? really top floor I came in there's this massive flat screen welcome Mr. Gassaby and the side all these designer art and I look over the 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 window of the hotel room and I just see the city I'm like yes I can do this look at this you go down you have all these stations of food and a chef for each one just depends what you want it's all there just enough and I keep reminded I, I get reminded that if you think of a massive event if there's so much of stuff, there's abundance. And I think of that, that's a tiny, tiny drop in the ocean with how God has created the world according to one hundred and four Psalm 104. There's enough. I never had to worry for four days. I was just like, yeah, this is great. I did my job, and I got paid, and the rest of it was just eat and do and have fun. In Luke 12, Jesus had this series of talks he spoke about hypocrisy then he spoke about greed he spoke about something else and then eventually in verse 22 his disciples remember were following him and they had a lot going on and they started worrying a little bit about their lives because they had not have an income they were following Jesus they were walking around they were like missionaries (laughs) going just following wherever Jesus is going right and so they started worrying a little bit about hey what about our lives? And Jesus says this to them, and this is in relation to Psalm 104. He says, then the disciples says to him, Therefore I t-', then he says to his disciples, this is uh, Luke 12, verse 22 to 34. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life or what you will eat or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens, or some says the birds of the sky, some uh, translations. They do not sow or reap, and they do have nothing there. They don't have a storeroom or a barn. Yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you and I than birds? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? And since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon, and we know that guy had money, <laughs> not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. You ever bird watching? I actually tried to do this when I read the scripture. It's beautiful, right? It's amazing. Solomon's fine linen couldn't, couldn't match up to this, right? <laughs> um, if that is how God clothed the grass of the field which is here today and gone tomorrow, thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink, and do not worry about it, for the pagan world runs after these things. And your father knows that you need them. But seek the kingdom, and these things will be added unto you as well. Some translations say seek the kingdom of God and do not be afraid little flock for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourself that will not wear out and make a treasure in heaven that will never fail for where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is there your heart will also be. What Jesus is doing here um, as we're looking at psalm 104 we look at all this abundance as god's created and we're looking at us as givers that need to imitate christ jesus is a challenging a mindset that the disciples had at the time he's just challenging a mindset he says don't operate in the scarcity mindset or the staker mindset be a giver because jesus knew that when instability and, and 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 uncertainty and a little unstableness in our lives hits or a moment of crisis i don't know you fill it in maybe it's whatever it is Whenever that hits, we naturally go into power self-reserve mode and preserve mode, and we tend to look out and we start forgetting uh, 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 about the others around us that are also in need because it becomes, hey, look out for us. Let's let make sure we get through this, right? We saw a lot of that in COVID. We also saw the other side. A lot of people looked out for each other, but for the most part, we tend to want to say, hey, how are we going to make this work, right? Don't worry about them. Are you a giver or are you a taker? Jesus can say all these things, and when he says this, I think Jesus can sometimes, I'm I'm just going to say it, sound a little irresponsible. Really, Lord, we should just kind of let it go. It's a little bit like he's just like, all free, and just let it be. It will work out, you know. But there's some tact to his, his teachings, of course. He knows what he does, because we must keep in mind he was no stranger to this type of social instability. He grew up in a militarized zone, occupied by Rome. Taxes were very oppressive, so it was tough. And social upheaval all the time that he had to deal with made life really hard for Jesus and the people that he loved. But yet Jesus went around and he preached the gospel in the kingdom of God. He said this, that our obsession, this is Luke 12, just some commentary that I want to share with you. He said this, that our obsession with self-preservation, looking out for ourselves, self-scarcity mentality, that taker mentality, will make us more miserable and more anxious, and will go on creating, reproducing the very thing that makes us miserable. Because fearful people create fearful people. Right? And according to Jesus, the only way out of this spiral is to elevate the needs of other people as more important than our own. That's the antidote. And the best way to do it is by acts of generosity, is by giving. (laughs) That's how it is, right, by being a giver. Because it breaks the spell that fear and self-preservation can have on us. So when you get into that zone, you say, Lord, what do you want to do? And once again, pray about this. What is the Lord telling you? Maybe God has told you stuff before, and you haven't obeyed or you 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 had to listen to the lord and you and you didn't follow and you you know you decide you decide so god created a beautiful world a wonderful world there's a lot of potential he gives it to us he says rule with me co-rule with me you can do amazing things if you just follow me but sometimes instead of imitating god's generosity and i want to switch over and just show how us being a little obedient because God wants the best for us. We can switch, you know, what happens. Instead of imitating God's generosity by being a giver, and I want to put this in real quick. I remember this event that we went to <laughs> in Berlin, um, the guys were making fun. I don't think they meant it, to be honest. And there was this one room where you could go and check out all the new electronics that this company was going to put on the next couple of years. Like, you know, tablets and phones and all kinds of crazy stuff. But they had this one chair, and it was shaped like a bear. And it had all these amazing lights on. Very intriguing. And it was an oxygen tank. Like, you know, the stuff that Michael Jackson used. Uh, You could go and sit on this chair, and it's shaped like a bear, kind of. and you have this oxygen mask on, and it has this, like, whoa, this is what real oxygen should be like, this type of thing. So the guys were, people were standing in line to test this thing out, and You know, and and, and, and the joke started going, Hey, I need this bear. I need this oxygen bear at home. I said, What are you gonna do with it? I don't know. I can keep it at the pool and just have my oxygen bear at the pool or take it with me to the beach or whatever. You know, it's really funny talking and sometimes we 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 go in and instead of imitating God's generosity and be a giver, we want to take the oxygen bear because human as we co-desire co-rule with God We desire to rule on our own terms, because we really like our little world, really like what we have here, and we want to start taking creation for ourselves instead of imitating God and give. And that, my friends, is is desire. Now, desire isn't bad, but it's the object of our desire that determines whether it's good or bad. Psalm 34, 7 says this, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And if we delight ourselves in the Lord, we live by his word. We empty out all the things that we have in our hearts, and he will fill it up with what he wants us to do. And that's the way we can live and be givers. Are you a giver or are you a taker? Desire makes us anxious, and it does this. Now, I have another scripture that I want to share with you about this desire thing and how this scarcity mentality, taker mentality, transitions into things that gets us in serious trouble with the Lord. Remember, the gospel is a message of hope. So my hope is that as I'm sharing with you, that we can say that there's always hope, even if we messed up a little bit and we did things our own way, right? Now, we all know the story of, Ethan preached a couple of weeks ago, Genesis 3, which was the origin of sin, and we know in Genesis 4, is more the fruit of that sin, right? Now, I want to go to Genesis 4 real quick and read your scripture about Cain and Abel and desire and scarcity mentality, take a mentality, and what happens when we disobey obey the Lord. Adam knew his wife, this is verse 1, I'm not going to read the whole, I'm just literally reading 4 or 5 verses. He knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man of the Lord. Verse 2 and 5 says, then she bore again, and this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiler of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of fruit of the ground to the Lord. And Abel was also brought of the firstborn of the flock and their fat. And the Lord respected Cable's offering, giving, sacrifice, but he did not respect Cain's offering, offering, giving, whatever. And Cain was angry and his countenance fell. Now, I want to make a little nutty illustration real quick. I'm not sure if I should ask Tian to help me, so I'm going to try. I just want to show you this. I went shopping. Okay. This is my wife's. Bible says Cain, can you see me okay? Is that okay? Um, the Bible says Cain brought what? An offering of the ground is first fruits. Some say it's wheat weed from, from the ground wall vegetables or uh, fruit. The, 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 the thing with that offering in Leviticus, we learn, is a thank offering. So there was nothing wrong. We don't see that there was anything wrong with the fruit offering or there was something wrong with maybe the bloody mess <laughs> offering that Abel brought. But there was a difference. So I want to show you something. If I come to you and I give you this. Will that stand on there? Is that okay? Yeah. I have some grapes. This is my offering to the Lord. Really nice, I'm just going to put some of that in, fresh peaches, kiwi, you like kiwi, Mm -hmm. apples, some more peaches, right, doesn't like pretty, kind of and fill it up, makes you hungry. I look at Cain's offering, and I say, I like that. <laughs> it looks good, yeah. right? I, I, I want to eat that. I think that, that's, exact, that, that's beautiful. I'm a creative guy. Um, I like presentation. I like things to inspire me. And when I look at that, people put this in the houses as a, something to look pretty in your kitchen or somewhere on a table, right? Something like that. And I'm thinking, so what was the issue with Cain's offering if he came to the Lord with this? So if you think Abel's offering was a nice steak that you can put on the grill this afternoon, no. It was what happened behind the scenes before you see that steak. It was a bloody mess. You know, it wasn't as attractive like this. You know what I mean? Um, But the Bible says in... Let me read the scripture for you real quick. It's real quick. Hebrew 4... 11 verse 4, that by faith, Abel brought an offering to the Lord, right? And I'm thinking, okay, God, these were the first humans. How is it that Abel knew what faith was and how to apply faith? But this is the deal. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans says, right? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So if Abel had faith and he applied faith in offering and giving to God, he must have heard what God asked of him. Now, if he heard, then Cain must have heard as well. So both of them got the instruction. Both of them had what the Lord asked of them. Yet one responded a certain way, and the other one responded another way. Abel came, and by faith he gave what the Lord asked. The Bible says that Abel's offering, the fat, was a pleasing fragrance before the Lord. The Lord loved it. The Lord accepted it. But this is what we do. When we come to God and we heard God ask of us to do something, he asks us to give a certain way, give our time, whatever it is ask, We say, but God, I gave you this. This is pretty. This is my best. This is my gift. Look at me, God. I am I, the best in what I do. Look at this. Why is it? The Lord says, well, I don't have an issue with what it looks like. That's beautiful, but that's not what I ask of you. I ask you to do this, and by faith, give to me. And this is the deal. The Bible says in Matthew 15, 19, that for out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, and blasphemy, which means he does not respond to our presentation only. God responds to the posture of our hearts, and the posture of our hearts comes from a place of obedience to God, and if you give, give your life, give what the Lord asks of you to give, be there imitate Christ, it comes from a posture of your heart. Your presentation, now this is the issue, read read what happens here. Then the Lord, God is a gracious God. When this was, was, was the offering that Cain gave and God said, I don't want it, this is what he did. The Bible says he got angry and his countenance fell. So you come, you offer to the Lord your best according to you. Not what he asked, we get angry. We get upset with God. Our countenance form, but God is a, a, loving, a loving Father, and I know when I have a conversation in the room with my kids when an instruction were given, and things didn't go a certain way, they get a little upset, and they countenance form, but I know talking to them comes out of a place of love. I'm going to move this out of the way real quick. Put it here. Comes out of a place of love. I'm not there to harm them. I'm there to teach them how to be, to follow the Lord and be better people out there in the world. Amen. So this is what happens. God does exactly that. He calls Cain in. He says this to Cain in verse 6 to 7. He says, so the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? And the Lord says this. It's a second chance. This is not a big deal, Cain. If you do well, will your offering not be accepted as well? So all God's saying There's another shot. All you need to do is be obedient to what I'm asking you. Listen to me, and you will, your offering will also be accepted. But, you know, the Bible, you know that out of anger, jealousy comes. And out of jealousy, pride comes. And what happens to a prideful heart? He did not accept God's instruction once again. So he goes out, he does this. The Bible says he goes out and he murders his brother. Sometimes when God doesn't accept our giving or what we offer to him, we get mad at the people who God accepts and says, hey, I accept this one. But that doesn't even look right, Lord. How can you accept it? It's, it's, it's messy. God said, that's, that's okay. I'm after his heart. I'm after your heart. So if your offering looks right, and it is right, but it's not what God wants, the challenge is God says you can do well by switching over and do as I'm asking of you. Be obedient. Follow my word. The Bible says Cain didn't like that. Pride. God him, goes, he kills his brother. God gives him a consequence. He doesn't like the consequence. Sometimes we have to live in the consequence, withdrawing the consequence that God puts us through so that we can grow. Because God is a loving God. He moves. He leaves Eden, the presence of the Lord. He decides that he's going to go to a place called Nod, and he's going to go and build his own city, the Bible says. Because if God doesn't answer according to the way we like, we're going to go and do our own thing. right? The Bible says he had a son. His son's name was Enoch. He named this city after his son. Really? So you're going to compete with your thing against God and what God has done. This is God's presence. You're going to go and do your own thing and then put your name on it. The Bible says for generations, that bloodline of Cain was evil. There's this guy, Lamech, who came, killed a man. Because with the spirit that Cain led, the people picked up. And he bragged about it, the Bible says. Later on, we hear nothing about him. He goes, gone. He fades out. Nothing happens. Tower of Babel comes later on. What do they say? Let's build up to the heavens and make for ourselves a great name, the Bible says. Once again, competing against what God wants from you. Later on, Babylon comes and all of that, gone. Missed before the sun. Nothing. God still stands. God calls this no-name guy. This no-name guy, God calls him. His name's Abraham. God says to Abraham, years later, follow me. Once again, give the word. Just take the instruction. Be a giver. <laughs> take the word. And I will make you the father, father of many nations. And I will give you a what? A great name. God has no issue giving you a great name. God is no issue making you, supporting what visions and things you have not dream about. God wants you to be a giver and imitate him and be obedient to his call on your life. That's what it is, about obedience and all that to say, are you a giver or are you a taker? How are we responding to, to, to what God is saying for you and what is God God's asking of you? I think I, I'm wrapping up. God is asking of us to be stewards of all he has given us. He's asking of us not to hoard or hold on to things that he has given to us, our gifts, our talents, and all he wants it. He just wants us to use it within his perimeters. He's calling us to invest the talents and gifts and our wealth that he has given us. He's calling us to be givers and not takers this morning. And I think this is the big part that I want to leave with you. The ultimate gift that we can give God, the ultimate gift, the ultimate giver that we can be, is to give our lives to God wholeheartedly and holistically and follow and live by the word of God because that is the ultimate gift that we can give. All the other things will flow from them, Now Jesus said, (laughs) seek first the kingdom and all the other things will be added. Are you a giver or are you a taker? And remember that God is not interested in what we do not have or where you come from. He's not interested in that but he's interested in what we do with what he has given us and what we have. Are you a giver or are you a taker? Lord, thank you for giving your son Jesus to die for us, to show us the ultimate way of giving with everything. The fact that we are a room full of people, I don't know everyone's journey, I don't know where everyone comes from, but I know that There's a sense, the fact that we're in this room, there's a sense that we need you more than ever. I pray this morning, God, that this word and your word would resonate, that your spirit will go and, and speak to whoever heard this word, God, and that we develop an attitude that would imitate you on this earth by giving the way you would, God, that we would go into places where salt and light is needed, where we will illuminate the darkness, where we will go and, slow down things by being salt. that is really bad in the world right now, God, and give of ourselves to honor you, Father. I pray, Father, for obedience, and some of us might struggle with a, a call that you have on our life or, or something that you said you were going to do, and we don't really know how it works out. We might be a little angry with you. We might be a little, our countenance might have fallen a little in the spirit, Lord, but I pray this morning that we will respond, and we know you're God of second chances, third and fourth chances, that this morning, God, that you Speak to those hearts in the name of Jesus. Amen.